Welcome to the Bayesian Mind Killer. I'm Inyash Brodsky. <laughs> I'm Steven Zuber. And I'm Wesley Fenza. Uh, today we have one co-host from the Basin Conspiracy, one co-host from the Mind Killer, and one co-host who treads the line between both worlds, a uh, multiverse planeswalker, if you will. Uh, so we are combining our two shows. Ha ha. And just like how David was asleep for an episode a couple of episodes, or well, like a month ago, I think that's what happened with Jace today. So we'll be, we'll get confirmation on that at some point. But Jace is working second shift lately and it's hard to do anything in real time, like during waking hours when you're not working, when you're not working waking hours. So it is a bummer. Um, we miss him, but uh, hopefully maybe we'll be able to get some more, uh, more feedback uh, that we can edit in later. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm sure there'll be a follow up at some point. So or maybe he'll yeah. show up halfway through. Who knows? Yeah, that's possible. Wes is here from The Mind Killer, which is the podcast I'm on and he's, that he runs that uh, we talk about local news things, not local, recent news things. Uh, they are national and oftentimes even worldwide. And uh, a very recent thing happened uh, in that the Supreme Court had a, was it a memo, a ruling? What was it that leaked specifically? It was a draft opinion. A draft opinion leaked from the Supreme Court that indicates Roe v. Wade is about to be overturned, which is a very large political event. And on the Bayesian conspiracy, we usually don't get into those, but like we do sometimes. When Trump got elected, we scrapped the episode we were planning on doing and instead we're like, holy shit, let's talk about this crazy Trump thing that just happened. So uh, we're going to be doing the same thing with Roe v. Wade this week. And one of the reasons... Uh, that Wes is on. In addition to being up on all sorts of new stuff, he is also a lawyer who knows things about laws. So that's going to help us with things, we hope. I am a family lawyer, uh, not a civil rights lawyer. Uh, but I, you know, took constitutional law in law school. Today we learned and- that fetuses don't count as family. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> law, but law school is one of those schools that actually teaches you things. <laughs> do, do they legally count as family? Um, I trying to think if there is a situation where the fate of a fetus would be resolved by the family court um and i don't think so like you could probably get a um a dna test to um and you i think you can sue for child support before the baby's born um but that all kind of assumes the baby is going to be born and if that doesn't happen then it just doesn't really have any effect okay uh, well, very quickly, for people who are not in the United States, Roe v. Wade is the landmark Supreme Court decision back in the late 70s. Was it 76, 78, 73? I think it was 70, it was either 73 or 77. No, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, somewhere in the mid to late 70s, it was the Supreme Court decision that established a right to an abortion up uh, almost without um, question through the first trimester. And it was 73. Then 73. Okay. And then uh, with some restrictions uh, through the end of the second trimester. Uh, And it has been a thing that has been a hot political topic in the United States. And what they actually decided was the cutoff was viability, which is not quite, which is a little past the first trimester. Uh, It's changed too since 73, right? Well, yes. Yes, but I think the. the the legal rule didn't change. It was still, I think, 24 weeks. Okay. And uh, one of the interesting things about Roe v. Wade is that a lot of people who support uh, the abortion rights still think that it was probably just a bad decision on the legal merits. Uh, 
which Wes, can you give us a quick primer on this? What the heck are these uh, emanations and penumbras that uh, supposedly give you the right to an abortion? So the penumbras and emanations of the Bill of Rights was a concept that was introduced in a case called Griswold versus Connecticut, which established the right of married couples to get contraception. Uh, And the person who wrote that opinion, I don't remember who it was. Um, Actual scholars, I'm sure, have lots of opinions about him. But basically his opinion said, look, there's no enumerated right to privacy in the Constitution. But if you sort of squint at a lot of the Bill of Rights, you can see that there are zones that uh, that they inhabit. That he said each right has penumbras which includes rights that emanate from that particular enumerated right. When you look at like the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Ninth Amendment, and the Fifth Amendment, if you look at all them together, they sort of establish a zone of privacy, uh, which is for private individuals where the government can't intrude, which is a fantastic idea from a libertarian perspective, because libertarians always love the government not being able to do things. Especially not things that isn't any of the government's damn business. Well, yes. And especially not being able to do things to individuals. Yeah. And actually, so this was one of the reasons I wanted to be a lawyer from a kid was like, I heard about individual rights and was like, this is great. But it's not, it's kind of a squishy idea. I mean, the way you put it, it kind of sounds like bullshit. It does. But uh, all, all constitutional law is bullshit. Okay. Uh, that's that's the issue. Um, <laughs> the, the Constitution doesn't say anything that the court thinks it says. Or that the court claims it says. Right. Like, yeah. write, they write these opinions and they're like, well, this clause in the Constitution, and if you look at the Federalist Papers here, and, you know, there was this state law in 1752 for Massachusetts, and it's like, Okay, but like read the Constitution, none of that is in it. So if you're going to so, be like a strict textualist, basically you'd have to be Clarence Thomas, who just thinks everything is wrong except, you know, the uh, the police being able to stomp on your face. So I really, really don't want the government like seeing what me and the people I sleep with are doing and what sort of contraception or we are or aren't using as we're fucking like what what do we do then? Because if that's not in the Constitution, I, I kind of like the fact that you can't look in on me. So do I do I just bite the bullet and say, hey, you know, it's not in the Constitution, but fuck it, I'm glad they can't do it, so I'm going to pretend it is? Or do I have some other recourse here? I think you do what sensible people do, and, or at least what I advocate, which is like ignore the Constitution because <laughs> I don't really care what it says or like I get how – you need some governing document for a country or whatever, but I hate how well it's in the Constitution. I don't think that's a good argument in favor or against anything. Yeah, uh, but what are you going to do when the police are show up at your door and like, hey, we have evidence that you used the condom last night. Come with us. Like, you've got to try to defend yourself in the courts, right? I feel like if it got to that point, you'd probably be past defending yourself in the court. But I, I, your point, I take your point more broadly that you need legal documents. I don't know. I just I always hate like, well, you know, if you squint at this amendment, you know, it means that. Uh, yes, every citizen should have a nuclear weapon. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I agree with you that I hate that, but isn't that literally what happened to Griswold? Someone said, hey, you used contraception last night, and so he fought it in the courts and we got this? That is what happened. And a lot of rights have been established that way. Uh, very good rights. So should should he just, should he have lost? No, no, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of the make it up if it's good 
school of constitutional uh, scholarship. See, I'm not. I, I like the words that are written down to mean things because otherwise anyone just can come along and say whatever they want. Like if you get people that don't like abortion, they can come along and say, no, that doesn't actually count after all. Yeah, and that's what happened. Yeah, and that sucks. Well, yeah, it would be nice if abortion was in the Constitution, uh, but it's not. So you gotta have to, you have to do some kind of interpretation. Now, what there there are principled ways to do this. You say, yeah, what are okay, those? The principled the principled liberal position here is that the Constitution is uh, a living document. Uh, this is what they call it, and it enumerates certain rights, but those rights express certain principles, and it's those principles that apply to what the rights mean uh, moving forward. So I think that's the only, like, just for the record, maybe this is my liberalism leaking through, but that seems to me like the only sensible interpretation. Because if you're going to say, well, no, it's not literally there because the people who wrote this 350 years ago didn't write that down. You're like kind of just assuming that, A, they wrote down everything and the constitution is not that long. And B, you're assuming that they knew everything important worth writing down, you know? Well, what originalists do is they don't assume everything's written down. What they do is they look at what the basically what was going on in 1789 or whenever the Constitution was ratified um, and say, like, OK, well, how was this interpreted then? What did these people actually mean by this? Um, and one of the one of Alito is is like the biggest originalist on the court. Alito's opinion, what it says is, look, every state back when the Constitution was ratified and for a long time afterward, had laws against abortion, uh, at least in in certain circumstances. So there was clearly, there was no intent here to establish a right to get an abortion. And that's not actually, historically, a place where the government couldn't intrude. It was a place the government constantly intruded. Um, So it would have been, like, very strange if the government meant to establish a right to privacy that would invalidate a lot of what they were already doing hmm well since we can amend the constitution couldn't we amend it to actually have a right to an abortion in it can't amend the constitution (laughs) in theory in theory we could yeah okay um but but the abortion issue is actually what killed the equal rights amendment Hmm? because yeah a lot of people who were sort of in favor of the Equal Rights Amendment, which was supposed to guarantee equal rights for men and women, um, said, oh, no, this could be used by the Supreme Court to, to legalize abortion somehow because, you know, laws against abortion are kind of discriminatory against women because they're the only ones who can get pregnant, although not these days. Uh, and that was a lot of the opposition to the Equal Rights Amendment was based on that. It seems like, I mean, uh at the time that these decisions were being considered, like men couldn't get abortions, right? And so like, it's just going to be one-sided. That has to be understandable from a like legal context, right? Like, yes, we're going to have equal rights. And the right is like whatever bodily autonomy to remove uh, unwanted, um, I was going to say bodies again, but uh, you know, Growths, growths that you're hosting, <laughs> and this 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 applies, Parasites. yeah, uh, in all body parts, in all bodies. Um, that that sounds like a nice principled gender neutral stance to me. Sure, uh, I think it was um, the worry was that it would be used to legalize abortion. Okay. Where if you passed a law that said uh, no abortions allowed, they're like, well, that only affects women, so it's discriminatory. And so, under the Equal Rights Amendment, you can't do that. 
<laughs> right. Um, all right. So I, you know, half my take, all my takes on this are kind of like half-assed just because like I have this thing where it's like, I think whenever something big happens, there's like a pressure for anybody that if they have any part of their life that involves talking to a microphone that like they are, they have to weigh in on. Um, the and people demand like, takes. I know, but like hmm. no one wants my take like on the Ukraine war and like, all right, yeah, war bad. You know, that, that was so my take. Perfectly on it, right? respectable take. I know, but it, was, it wasn't interesting. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so I guess what I'm thinking like with this is like, uh, I don't, I feel like I was going to go somewhere that was like wholly uninteresting and showed all my ignorance. Um, uh, all right. I, I guess, is there, is there any non-religious justification for being anti-abortion? And I, I have read, you know, I, I took all the philosophy classes that I could, um, and I have read some essays, but I don't think that these are the ones being, you know, cited, uh, in any, I actually didn't read the opinion. Uh, I doubt it says God said no abortions or whatever. But I, I was it just like fully on a constitutional level. What was the what was the thrust of the of the argument in the in the opinion? Well, the the opinion doesn't express an opinion about whether abortion should or shouldn't be legal. Oh, it just talks about Roe v. Wade, whether or not it's it's constitutional, or yeah, rather the, whether the, it should be implemented federally. The opinion, yeah, the opinion just says that. The right to an abortion is not guaranteed by the Constitution. Hmm. Whether states want to make that legal or illegal, they you know they don't offer an opinion on that. Um, it's I mean, pretty the- clear that probably six of the justices would like it to be illegal in at least most circumstances, uh, but they didn't actually say that. As much as I hate that opinion, isn't it? I mean, it's technically true that the Constitution doesn't really protect abortion. Well, it depends on how you interpret the Constitution. From an originalist standpoint, then I think the the decision's correct. From the living Constitution standpoint, I think it's not. Because from the living Constitution standpoint, you think that there is a principle that people have a right to privacy, and yes. that right to privacy extends to abortion. Yes. Now, what I would have liked is for the right to privacy to have been established under the Ninth Amendment. Um, and they really tried. There's actually a concurring opinion in Griswold versus Connecticut that goes through and says, like, look, this penumbras and emanation stuff, you don't need that. The Ninth Amendment says that, look, just because we enumerated eight rights in the Bill of Rights so far, that doesn't mean that there aren't more rights. Um, and you shouldn't you shouldn't consider this an exhaustive list. There's other rights. Isn't the right to privacy implied by the search and seizure one anyway? I mean, the right to privacy in one's uh, person and effects from seizure. I think it's a very strict reading to say that, you know, you can have not be searched and, and seized your, your person and effects, but that somehow doesn't apply to when you're screwing in your bedroom. Well, first of all. You're not getting an abortion while you're screwing in your bedroom. <laughs> First of all, the right is against unreasonable searches and seizures. How is that reasonable? If there if there's a if there's a murder involved, it makes sense that you we get to kick your door in and check. Yeah. Like, for abortion, yeah, but not for in terms of a contraception. Okay, yeah, we gotta make sure we're we're clear what we're talking about, because I definitely want to talk about that for so the too. law. Um I don't think the law at issue in Griswold was against using contraception. I believe it was against selling contraception i'm not sure about that but i think that's what it was that's really stupid and i hate those sort of technicalities when they're like oh no using drugs is fine you just can't sell them or buy them or have them (laughs) (laughs) they really should have a right to transact in the constitution because that is the technicality where they fucked a lot of things that they want to make illegal which they technically can't make illegal 
Yeah, but 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 that is just me and my druthers. Yeah. I have a whole thing about the right to transact. <laughs> also not in the Constitution, but, you know. Should be. Well, there's, uh, you know, a lot of rights in the Bill of Rights that one could argue embody a um, a principle that should apply to the right to transact, particularly the right to be free from, um, to be secure in, in life, liberty, and property without uh, due process. You know, I agree with you. Right? And it doesn't say, oh, you have the freedom to do a transaction, right? But I think the principle established by the right to be free from interference with your liberty and property without due process of law somewhat suggests that if the government is saying, well, you can't do this transaction, you can't make this business deal, that that is a a violation of that. And the Ninth Amendment is there to say, like, yes, that is there. You can find more rights than just what's written down yeah okay i i mean i i i follow and i i I agree i really i don't i don't really know what i'm supposed to contribute to the conversation here like (laughs) i i I think that you know irrespective of what was in the constitution or the exact phrasing of roe v wade like i am a big fan of of easily accessible safe abortions and uh you know i think was it uh clinton that said uh abortions should be um, safe, legal, safe, and rare. Yeah, safe, legal, and rare. Exactly. Yeah, that was him, and that was basically the official position of the Democratic Party until now. And now they're like, "We, yay, abortion." That's well, my, that's my position too. That's my position too. But like, come on, I want the Democrats. You know, I want them to win on this issue. So yeah. I keep wanting them to be like, "Stop doing unpopular things, even if they're, even if you have good arguments for them." Like, so. So basically, the current interpretation, as it's going to be, is that uh, there is no constitutional protection for the right to an abortion, and uh, maybe we can get that through uh, someday. But that doesn't mean that states can't protect the rights to abortion, right? It just means the federal government should butt out of this thing? Well, it doesn't even mean that. It just means that, assuming this opinion is substantially similar to its final form, which is likely... Uh, it means there's no constitutional protection for abortion. Now, the federal government can regulate abortion. There currently exists a federal law prohibiting uh, certain late-term abortions. Uh, if you remember the term partial birth abortion, this is what they were calling it. Federal government yeah. passed a law against it. Supreme Court upheld that law. So the federal government is perfectly free to you know, stick their hands in here. So before before we get to the federal government thing, you said... Uh, just at the beginning of this, that uh, the federal government uh, hadn't done, or, or you said that Roe v. Wade wasn't a federal law, but um, it it basically was, right? It was a mandate that applied to all the states that was uh, passed at the federal level that said abortions are protected. Well, it wasn't passed through it was the decreed? legislature. It was it was found by the court to be a fundamental right protected by the Constitution, just like freedom of speech, um, just like since a few years ago, the right to bear arms, um, the right to right. due process, the right to be free from searches and seizures. It's on par with but those anything, rights. And anything that's protected by the Constitution is a federal issue by definition, because the Constitution is the federal founding document, right? I guess you could put it that way. It's... Okay. Um, so it's always been a federal issue, at least since 1973. Yes, I'm not. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not sure but what the question that, is. 
I, I, I <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, the, I, I guess it, it was a federal issue, and there is still that federal law that bans the late term abortions, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's bad. Does, does, does there need to be, does the federal government need to be involved on this? Can't they delegate it to the states? Like, they, what's the, is there a good argument? They certainly don't need to be involved. Is there a good argument for why the federal government should be involved? Well, yes. Okay. I have a, I have uh, a the federal government argument in favor the of federal that. Government go ahead, should, Stephen. Oh, yeah, you go ahead. Because uh, my take's going to suck, and then you can tell me all the, the good reasons. But the, I think the reason the federal government should be involved is because we can't trust the states to do it right. The states are going are gonna to make dumb decisions, and it's going to hurt people. And so, you know, in, you well, get, you get general, the, the highest I, law I, in the land to say, no, this is fine. Y'all fuck off. In general, I don't like laws that say you're too stupid to govern yourselves. This is the correct law, and we will enforce it. I, I, I share your your trepidation there, but I don't see another way around it. I basically agree with Stephen's take. Yeah. Um, I think that is the best reason. Um, I am a fan of laws that say you're too dumb to be trusted with this if they're protecting individual rights. Um, I only don't like those laws when they're doing things other than protecting individual rights. Basically, I mean, anything I, that says people are allowed to do this and states you're not allowed to stop them, um, I'm in favor of. It's incredibly hard for me to disagree with you because I actually agree with you. But, <laughs> but like, I, I don't think it stops at the nation's borders. Like, I think everybody in the world should have a right to be free from, for example, genital mutilation. Or, sure. or And everybody in the world should have a right to freedom of speech. But we're and if we can of, do that just by passing a law, wouldn't you think that was a good idea? You know, I do think it would be a good idea in theory, but in practice, it would also mean we'd have to go to war with a lot of places to enforce the law. Sure. Now, thankfully, we don't have to do that in America because everyone's yeah, agreed I, to follow what the federal government says. I'm, yes. I just I worry about the whole we are enforcing things with power, whether you like it or not, because eventually sometimes people say, well, we don't like it so much. We're going to fight this and make it our mission in life. and. That's basically what's happened since the late 70s, right? Yeah. Well, so that's I, one I, of the things that's fucked our politics so well, badly. So I also agree with you here. Um, and I remember during the in one of the Mind Killer episodes months ago, we said, like, you know, Roe v. Wade's probably going to be overturned this term. And I was saying, I hope it does because it's not a good compromise. Okay. Um, it says you can't regulate abortion basically at all, uh, or you can't put an undue burden on it before 24 weeks. And that's extremely divisive in our society. Um, and I think that on the merits, abortions should be allowed whenever, um, up to up to birth or a little beyond. And you know, I, but, I, did you wait? Wait, real quick. I, I've been I've been advocating that for a while as well. Did you get that from me, or did you inv- arrive at this independently? No, I I always thought that. Sweet, great minds think alike, man. Yeah, um, but. In terms of crafting a law for the entire country, I agree that you can't just go at, go imposing your will on everybody because then they'll fight back and it'll be a big wedge issue and it'll cause all kinds of problems. Um, and if you're going to do that, it's got to be like the most important issue. Um, and we tried in the 70s and I don't think it worked out that well. Um, but I think what the federal government could do if they weren't such complete idiots is pass a law allowing abortion up to 12 weeks or so, which is what a lot of other countries have. Uh, very liberal countries. I wonder if that would get any traction. Before, I, I'll expand on that a second, before, but I wanted to say before I forgot, like, I do show your, I think I understand where you're coming from, Inyash, with like, not wanting the federal government to be able to step in and say, look, y'all are too dumb, so we're doing this. 
because when you create a super powerful tool, um, it's great when the good guys have it and however you define good guys, but that tool doesn't disappear when the good guys lose power. It's, it stays around. And then when the bad guys get power, they get to use the same tool for the same reasons or for their purposes. Right. Right. And so I totally get how the, what it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, having heavy federal involvement, but I don't, I don't think this is, I don't, I don't look at this issue that way. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the federal government having this power here. Um, although I guess you're right. I would, I would be happy with a finding that the federal government was not allowed to regulate abortion and they did just have to stay out of it. Um, because I'm much more worried about, you know, the bad guys banning abortion nationwide. Yeah. Then I am hopeful about the good guys passing a law that says it's legal. I mean, right now, I I believe everyone here lives in a blue state where abortion is at least somewhat protected. And I don't want there to ever be a federal law saying, you know, no, all abortions are illegal, even if you're 11 years old and you were raped by your dad. Like, that's, that is sort of a nightmare scenario. And at this point, I just want the freedom to be like, you know what? I'm in my state. This is my fortress. We can enact the laws we need to protect our women. And then maybe we can start moving outward from there once we're safe. I think that's a pragmatic approach. And I, I appreciated your troop deployment on the mind killer last week about that. But it's, I, I guess I'm, you know, this is why I'm not in, in politics or politically savvy because I'm, I'm too idealistic. I, it seems weird to draw the lines that like, you know, well, it, it seems like anywhere you draw them is arbitrary. Well, our state, our um, our country, our age group, whatever it is, right? Like it, if you know, when I was in Fort, I I'm in Denver now. I was in Fort Collins, forty minutes away from from Wyoming. I'm not sure, but I think Wyoming is one of the ones where you can't get an abortion, and Colorado is. And it's like, why does that forty minute drive make a difference? And like, state boundaries seem seem so arbitrary to me. Uh, it, yeah, they. I mean, they totally are. I think a lot of what it comes down to is what are you willing to fight to defend? And generally, things are much easier to defend when they're geographically near you. I, I'm not very nationalistic. There's, there's, I, I'm not sure how, if I had to fight to defend Mississippi, for example, I'm not sure I would. But uh, I definitely would if it was Denver, and absolutely would if it was like my neighborhood here. So I th- that's kind of where I'm I'm putting it. I think maybe the country used to be more nationalistic and more thinking that we were all together as as a single team and it's fractured since then. Yeah, I think you probably have that backwards. Really? Um I think there used to be much more state loyalty than there than there is now. Oh. Um and maybe maybe if you're talking like 20 years ago, you know, after 9/11 I feel like we were all like, yeah, we're all very in this together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it didn't last. No, and but it was stupid to start with. <laughs> um, so I, but like, I don't remember what I was going to say. It was something brilliant, I'm sure. I, I guess- uh, oh, so I actually agree with Stephen. I'm against uh, geographic borders in the first place. Hmm. You know, I feel like governments. You should be able to choose your government. I would love to be able to choose my government, but right now the only way to do that is to move to a different government. Right, but imagine you know all the state governments were like opt in, and you just had to pick one. Yeah, that'd be great. And we should, uh, at this point, plug our um, Too Fast, Too Furious sister podcast. <laughs> that's not what it's called. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Too Rash, Too Unadvised? Yes, that's the podcast. <laughs> I literally thought that was the right name for a second there. 
um, the, where they talk about the Terragnata series, where exactly this is um, explored in in that book series. Yeah, yeah they have uh, a whole but, system where you choose a hive, and that's what law you're under. And you can have people of any different hive or no hive, you know, commingling in the same area, and it works fine. And I think they still have municipal governments to do things like roads and water pipes and stuff. It also works fine because there's a worldwide over-government that enforces this. Yes. Um, but I'd, you know, I'd put up with that as long as it was as limited as the one that they described. Yes. So just to kind of keep my eye on the ball here and we can explain this like I'm All right, five. We're talking about it... abortion. <laughs> no, you're <Yeah>. good. <laughs> uh, we can do a kind of explain like I'm five cause I basically am. Um, so the, the overruling or I guess whatever the, uh, disillusion of the Roe v. Wade decision would, uh, it, it wouldn't do anything necessarily to, current abortion rights, but what it will do is eliminate uh, protections that bar laws from stopping abortion rights, right? Well, there are all, a lot of, st- there are quite a few states that have laws against abortion that will right. those go are being, back into effect exactly. if Roe v. Wade is overturned. There are also that, 13 states that have trigger laws that say, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, here's the law. Right. And so that's what I was thinking is that Roe v. Wade was just a a dam keeping those back. Right. Uh, But it it in and of itself doesn't like guarantee any rights. It just stops these uh, these laws from working. Um, I I guess I bring that up because like, I don't know, I I'm still kind of I I I don't know what else to say on like the the distance issue. You know, like fortunately travels not that expensive, you know, not compared to what it was even, you know, in 78 or 73 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, most people have a car or have access to one, even if you live in bumfuck nowhere. Um, and so, you know, then it's just a matter of getting time off of work and gas money and then driving the several hours to the next state that lets you get an abortion. Right. But it's, it's some of the weird laws like, and I wish I had found something that like I could have linked to. So it doesn't sound like I, or cause I don't really know any of the details, but I heard, Maybe this will ring a bell. And if it doesn't, we'll just skip it. But heard about a law in one state, I want to say Kentucky, Louisiana, one of those, um, where it's trying to ban like subdermal IUDs. And so those laws don't specifically say that they ban those. Um, what people are, are talking about there is that they define homicide as the killing of uh, you know a person and a person is any anything post fertilization any fertilized egg yeah so this was this reminds me of a great george carlin joke then from like the 80s yeah that oh you know i'm going with this that, yeah like half of abortion or half half of pregnancies end in natural miscarriages or abortions like whether it's you know a few weeks in and the 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 mother perhaps couple of notices or it just fails to attach the uterine to the uterine wall and comes so out. So any woman who's had more than one period is a mass murderer. Exactly. God is the biggest abortion uh, uh, executor of all, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And these. And so the speculation there is that if you put in an IUD, that prevents fertilized eggs from implanting on purpose with criminal intent. Uh, so that could be prosecuted under. Oh, but this wouldn't then stop condoms, I guess, because then you're not right. fertilizing an egg. Correct. God, that's stupid. I mean, so is there? You know, it seems like, uh, you know, this is hardly an original position, but every it's impossible to have like just a sane political take on anything. 
anymore. Like you've got to run it all the way to Stupidville as fast as possible to scream, <laughs> to, scream to your to your fellow tribes people that no, I actually care about this a lot more than you do. So like very reasonable things like hey maybe maybe some modest police reform like you know mandatory body cams or uh, and just stop and frisk that like within six hours goes straight to like we shouldn't even have cops and that's never going to sell right. Right. And, and so th- that, that seems like what this nonsense is doing with, uh, you know, fertilized egg nonsense. Does anyone give one shit about fertilized eggs? Or is this just like screaming, I care more than you do, even though we're on the same team? Yeah, it's definitely that second one. God damn it. Um, Wait, hold up. It, it's, it isn't, I mean, okay, yes, it's mostly that second one. But I, I've spoken with at least one person who claims that he cares about the potential future of a human that doesn't exist anymore if they're uh, if they're aborted, which uh, to Stephen's point was like the non-religious reason to oppose abortion. And I mean, it kind of sounds like bullshit to me, but it, it, I don't think it's necessarily just rushing to signal as hard as possible if you're trying to take your feelings of ick and ground them in a real life reason why you feel that way. Well, you know, you can always find one person that believes anything. <laughs> but if you look at, you know, opinion polling going back, 50 years it's pretty clear that the vast vast majority of the country thinks abortion should be legal within you know 12 weeks or so you know 12 to 15 um regulated after that and banned in the third trimester well speaking of that literal statistic you just uh quoted Mm -hmm. um the someone in our discord oc uh, said that yeah, the majority opinion is clearly allow in the first weeks, ban after the last trim in the last trimester, yeah. and so like all this talk about are we banning abortions or making them completely unfettered is bullshit. And really, it's always been an ongoing battle on where to draw the line. And Roe doesn't change all that much in this case. And I think you maybe made this point like a year or year and a half ago on the Mind Killer that. A lot of laws that were like this, uh, like the trigger laws, were intended to never come into effect anyway. They were, as Stephen was saying, like completely signaling, just saying to people, I am so against abortion. You should vote for me. We're passing this. And nobody has to worry because they're like, it doesn't matter. Roe v. Wade is out there. Our abortion rights are fine. And like maybe Roe v. Wade actually made things worse because all that signaling went out there. And now that it's evaporating, all that signaling snaps back into effect and people are going to get punched in the face by all this bullshit that they've been putting out there thinking it would never be enforced. Oh, yeah. Oh, I 100% think there was a lot of that going on where people were just passing laws being like, well, you know, they're not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. So we can just like say we're like super on the side of babies and we don't actually have to ever deal with the consequences of this law. And to, to be clear, I think that uh, like shit, where was I going with this? Uh, trigger laws. um, What'd you just say, Inyash? Sorry, uh, the last thing. Well, so did Roe v. Wade actually make things worse oh. by like putting up this dam, and then it bursts, and the after effects are much worse than if we had allowed the you know where what do we ban and where debate to float naturally? Right. No. Okay. And I remember what I was going to say is I, I prepared to go ahead and put my stake on the the claim that I think that having it in effect for the last fifty years was on net positive, even if we get a few years of weird legal backlash from the stupid laws that came up in the interceding decades. Just because, you know, that was a a whole couple of generations where people had uh, this safe access, you know, crime rates went down. Uh, I think that it would, things will have to go really bad, really hard for it to have been a net negative. Um, That's my take. We'll see how history plays or how future history plays out. 
Um, but I wanted to say, cause you said that there was someone on discord that said they claimed about, or they claimed to care about potential future that's being terminated. Um, I totally get where they're coming from. Uh, you know, I'm not the kind of person who high fives at every abortion. I think they're all a bummer. Uh, but I think they're a bummer that is, uh, like this is, there's a, there's a less wrong word for this. Um, policy debates don't need to be one-sided. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's super easy to come out on the side that like, abortion abortion is on net positive and should be you know legal and accessible and it's a bummer um you know i i I care about people that don't exist yet like i i actually do care about humanity in 200 years assuming that i'm dead like i and i I, like feel the same way about every potential person that is closer to existing than not existing right it's an interesting point you make um because that the person we were talking to uh literally supports abortion rights but just has this because of what you said on net, he thinks they're good, despite the fact that he feels this way about potential people. But for some reason feels like a there's a real potential person when there's like a, a fertilized egg that has split into two cells. And, and that is not the case, I don't know, an hour before when the sperm and the egg didn't touch each other yet. And that doesn't apply to people like you were saying in 200 years in the future, which are just vague probability clouds. And I don't I don't. I mean, I kind of get why he draws that line because he feels icky, but it, I can't find any principle to support that that um that makes any sense. I don't know if it's principled stance, but for me, it's not not a, not merely aesthetic, but like once once you're a fertilized egg, as we all were back in our early days. Um, well, maybe you. <laughs> I, I was uh, I, I was so cool at being a fertilized egg. I did it twice. I, have an identi- I actually I have- <laughs> sprang from Zeus's forehead. I have an I have an identical twin. Um, you're but, still only one fertilized egg, though. Well, then yeah, you're we were, actually half a fertig. Yeah, half a soul and all that stuff too. You're right. So, <laughs> anyway, the like it, it kind of comes from like the uh, that that unweaving the rainbow um, opening. I don't want to say argument because it was an argument statement, position, essay, poem. That like the odds of any given person existing are infinitesimal. Um, and that the fact that you exist is a fucking miracle by any, you know, mathematical definition. And because it could so easily have been any other combination of genes, like the number of people that exist is vastly outweighed by the number of people that could exist with the combination of genes that are available. And so I think that something happens, you know, like, uh, I think Sam Harris put it this way 20 years ago that like, every time the president scratches his nose, he's committing a Holocaust of potential persons giving cloning technology, right? Um, mm-hmm. but the, once, once like it's already happening, like as a natural course of, of physics and biology, um, I, I get how there's, again, maybe it's a, just a purely aesthetic take on it, but I don't, I don't want to just, and I don't know who you're talking to in discord or what they, what their full yeah. position was, but I can at least see a position of, of, of that flavor where I totally get where it's coming from. But again, at the end of the day, uh, my aesthetics don't matter. I don't, that's, that stuff can all just sit by the sidelines. Uh, what I really care about is like the actual sapient people being impacted by things. I want them to be right. safe and happy. And when uh, this, I mean, that's that's my position too. It's since there is no person yet, when it's just a clump of cells, there's nothing there to care about. Which is why I think it's strange to think about like this potential future. Like every possible combination of genes is a potential future, and it doesn't seem at all coherent to me to to prefer one random combination to another. Like I, I was having a, a, 
I guess, argument, discussion with uh, a, a person uh, talking about how uh, all all fetuses should be birthed no matter how terribly deformed and uh, and non-viable that the person is, even if they're like going to die after four or five years of some genetic deformity. And I, I just, I thought that was a stupid position. I, I said, you know what? If it's like one, two months in, there's still no person there. Nobody is killing you. Uh, they're just saying there's a different random combination of genes that we would prefer to have instead. And if any given couple is going to have what, three, four children in their lifetime, that's not going to change because they delay a conception by two or three months to get a a better combination of genes that isn't going to be in misery for their whole lives or die quickly. So this brings me to my favorite topic, mm. which is why all ethics debates are even more bullshit than constitutional analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Because in any ethics debate, you can just keep asking why, and eventually you have to get all the way back to, well, man, it just feels wrong. No, I think you can go back to why, because persons uh, are things that we should protect. And but why? There is no person yet. <laughs> well, because it the just only, feels that way, man. Yeah, the only rights that we have are those that we take and that we extend to others. And uh, no, I, think, I can take rights that I don't extend to others. Well, they <laughs> don't. The only rights that exist are the ones that enforced are enforced. Exactly. The only rights we have are the rights we take, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we extend rights to others that they can't take yet because of whatever reason. Like we want our children to be safe, so we extend rights to all children to not be murdered. That, right. that the laws cover them as well. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that that's it. We care about persons. That is why those things exist. Sure, but the, you know the abortion debate doesn't really fit neatly into that right both because both sides are saying they're protecting yet. people yeah well that's i that's why i think it should go down to arguing over what a person is because then obviously we win and they lose but that is but what it's about it's not because then they they're like oh no no I, I i believe in souls or i believe that the future that a fertilized egg could have counts as a person yeah or, or they that's what they say that's dumb. or they don't draw a line between humans and persons you know, like a fertilized egg is a human by any reasonable interpretation, or, or oh, yeah. at least by a reasonable interpretation. Um, it's alive. Is it a it's featherless biped? <laughs> yeah, it's a featherless biped. It doesn't have legs or feathers. So, um, well, I, I don't draw a line between humans and persons either. I think like androids and Klingons should be also counted as persons, even though they're not humans. No, so you, uh, but you do draw a line between humans and persons because they're like personhood can exist outside of humanness. And humanness yes. can exist outside of personness. Yeah, that's that's where I mean that some people don't do that. They think person equals equals human. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, to be clear, I don't think I was making a moral argument when I was waxing philosophical about caring about uh, non-existent people. I was more making a an aesthetic case that I see where they're coming from. But uh, I have a stupid question, and I, I think hey. I know the answer. But this this has come up a couple of times. Actually, I've got one really quick, stupid legal question. Okay. One uh, first thing I heard when I heard about this was. Uh, um, you know, if Biden gave a fuck, he would he would stop this from happening. Now, I'm not and I'm I, I'm not a, a whatever um, law talking ex- guy. Yeah, law talking guy. I don't know about the the branches of government and all their powers, but Biden, this isn't his jurisdiction. They're not they're not passing a law that he can veto. They're, they're right. This isn't yeah. uh, anything that Biden can do fuck all about if he cared to. No, Biden. Uh, there's no real authority to pass any kind of executive order that says abortions are allowed. Uh, he could try, and the courts would immediately, you know, tell him to fuck off. 
Yeah, I think the kind of people who say that are the kind of people who say that Biden should seize power and dissolve the Senate because then he could do something about it. And, oh, man, and I don't think awesome. we should go that far. No, whoa! He should just make us those thirteen Supreme Court awesome. justice seats and stack the stack the seats with his his people, right? I, I mean, at this point, it's too late. Get a bunch yeah, of twenty year olds to make them serve for seventy five years. You know, um, you know what the best court reform idea is? Get rid of the court, dissolve the courts. So that um, make all the lawyers go get real jobs. It's actually, it's actually close to dissolving the court. Uh oh! It's instead of having a set Supreme Court, you not you you designate all circuit court judges as Supreme Court justices, and for every term, you just pick a random selection of them to serve as the Supreme Court for that term. I like that. I would even take that one step further, just for fun, and do it like jury duty. Like every time something comes up. They all get a letter. They get a, entered into a lottery. And yeah. if their number gets called for any given case, irrespective of term, they pulled in to go, all right, I got to go sit in on this case. Yeah, I think you would do it by term just for logistical reasons. Yeah, but- I like Biden because it's non-logistical and be really hard and annoying for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who knows how long the term has to be? It could be a day. Right. <laughs> you know, you're the Supreme Court justice. But I like that because then, you know, everything kind of averages out and you get like the results that the majority of the circuit court justices think is reasonable. Um, and now circuit court justices are not, you know, random selection of people, um, but they are closer to the consensus of the legal profession, certainly than the Supreme court is. Um, and as we all know, lawyers are the only ones who should really have the authority to decide anything. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's a good, uh, uh, I think it's a good thing. The other idea I liked, this one's not as good, um, but at least it solves one problem, is that um, the Democrats should have passed a law that says, okay, there's an 18-year term limit for Supreme Court justices going forward, and every two years, the president gets to nominate one. Um, And then what that does is it's kind of like very mild court packing, because then Biden would get to nominate two justices, but none of the other justices would get kicked out, because they wouldn't apply it retroactively. Um, so the court would like go up to 11, um, and every two years you'd add one, but then people would retire and eventually it would be back to nine. And so the ones that it, are added, so the ones that are added by this every two years thing have an 18 year term. Yeah, they have an 18 year term. The existing ah, okay. ones get to serve for life. So it's not like an ex post facto thing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And it wouldn't invite retaliation because it's, it is actually a fair system. I mean, it would invite retaliation by people who don't want a fair system. Right. But- yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna do what they want anyway. Yeah, they're just they're only they only respect the court right now because it's they they got their way. If it you was know, six liberals on the court, they'd be like, we should do some court packing. Right. I couldn't possibly confirm somebody during Obama's last year of presidency. Yeah, that would right, be totally not. unethical. Um, <laughs> yeah, the you know it's weird, and I I'm aware of the the giant white male elephant in the room that we're three white dudes talking about this, but like I so I. I I don't worry. I'm going to make that sound less stupid here in a second. Um, oh, thank God. I think there are, uh, there's a lot of discourse about how like just insanely sexist all of these, uh, especially the, the trigger law states and stuff, the ones that are actually going to start outlawing abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, so my, my, my intuition is that it's not sexist in the, in the typical way that one might use the word sexism. It just happens to 100% only affect women. Right. But like it's that that sounds like the stupidest slippery you know like the stupidest slipperiest argument of like well it's not racist it just affects black people um, so 
Well, that is a reasonable argument to make about certain things like, you know, sickle cell anemia. Right. And, you know, and, and, and abortions, you know, um, uh, and, you know, for simplicity, we'll use conventional 1970s uh, language for men and women. Um, but the, like it, it, this, this would, the abortion laws would apply whether or not men could get them too. it seems like. So like, yes, it disproportionately and in fact only impacts women. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's, it's sexist in the same way as like, uh, whatever, um, passing a law that says you don't have to pay women as much as you have to pay men or something. Right. Well, yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough question because support for abortion is not gender stratified. Um, men and women tend to support or not support abortion at the same rates. Isn't that weird? No, I, I would just think that like, uh, I, I would, I picture almost like, um, whatever, a civil rights act. Like, do you think that black people and white people support civil or equal rights for black people at, at the same rate? I would expect yeah. that black people want them at a higher rate. Right. Right. I mean, black but people are democratic abortion, at like really high numbers. <laughs> But but it's weird that uh, that abortion doesn't fall along the same lines. I think it's because uh, you know many women share the conviction that there's a moral problem with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, until of course they need one, then well, my case is different. But in general, I don't like them. But that's I think that's a problem with every uh, I was going to say unprincipled person making an ethical claim. But yeah, basically, right? Rules for thee, not for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what point I'm making with this, other than like. It you know with one famous and possibly dubious counterexample, every pregnancy has a man involved at some point, right? Well, and a wait, lot. Wait, of... What is the one example where a man wasn't involved? I'm waiting for you to waiting for it to click. Trust this me, you've heard. Adam it. and Eve. Yeah, I was going to say Jesus. Oh no, no, uh, Virgin Mary. Okay, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's so like I, I I can and luckily you know I don't I don't even have the news. I heard about this, uh, I think, from my wife and then heard about it more on The Mind Killer. Like, I'm not on Reddit really anymore. The like, best place to get your news. What? My, oh, yeah. The Mind Strong Killer. agree. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, no. I meant from your wife. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but uh, like, so, I, but I, I guess I'm saying I can imagine discourse that would be along the lines of like, why isn't there anything in this about men who make pregnancies? You know, they 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 were half the reason it happened. Um, at least half the reason. Uh you know, sometimes 99% of the reason. And so it's interesting. I think, I mean, women's lib is at least part of this because, uh, there's still child support. So there is some consequences for them, but like oftentimes in the past, uh, if they could find the man, they would force him to marry the woman. And now he was involved in the baby's life forever. Right. In, in more traditional times, yeah, unless as he a could family lawyer, to finally yes. use some of my expertise here. There are definitely consequences for men. Let's let's just hear not it. nearly as many, right? It's it's child support is what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, I mean, um, and a lot of men are supportive of abortion for that reason, especially uh, once they're actually in the situation where it would be relevant. Um, you know, there's the trope about the you know old Republican lawmakers who are super anti-abortion until they get their mistress pregnant. Yeah, right. You know, um, and I feel like that's you know that's there for a reason. Now, am I just is is this a a trope from the past that didn't actually exist of the shotgun wedding? Am I working off uh, fictional evidence here? I don't think so. I think that was real. Okay, so like that was one way to impose costs on men, which was taken away, which made the the whole thing much less um, 
their input matters. Yeah, I actually, I actually bring this up a weirdly often. So mm-hmm. you might have, I might have said this to you before, but Sir Mixalot has a song about getting a girl pregnant, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'll, I guess I have to marry her." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually a really wholesome song. He was a righteous like, dude because he's like, I, I always use condoms, and oh shit, one time my condom broke, and I thought I got this girl pregnant, and I was gonna like settle down and marry her. Um, but it turned out it was just a scare. So back to being a super pimp. The only <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot song I know is uh, the baby got back. Yeah, is that what it is? Big butts. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that song's wholesome as all hell. It's a po- yeah. body body positivity. It's great. Um, yeah, he's got like a bunch of wholesome songs, and then like a weird handful of them that are just about killing people. Oh, weird. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I need. I, maybe I'll. But it's like about killing racists. Well, it's so only people that really deserve it. I yeah. Maybe I'll uh, I'll listen to an album at some point, but uh, I don't know. I as far as I'm, you know, the the thing about shotgun weddings and stuff. I think that's like the stupidest idea ever. Like, if the guy doesn't want to be involved, uh, forcing him at gunpoint to be involved, whether it's you know, well, the shotgun wedding and then the legal gunpoint of like you'll go to jail. That that's just a way to make two more people miserable, right? Yeah, I well, agree. I, I mean, abortion I think... is a much better solution. <laughs> Definitely, a much better solution. Yeah. I I think that uh, especially you picture the 1970s, you know, asshole where uh, hitting your wife was only frowned upon and hitting your kids was totally on the up and up. Like, I think that you don't want to force those people to become parents. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, even in the modern day, you want to force anyone to become parents. Right. So if we're uh, so you mentioned I brought, I brought up the IEDs. I forgot my follow up question about that. Um, so the. The quote unquote, I guess the principle behind that is that they don't want uh, fertilized eggs uh, being terminated under any intentional way. Right. So, like, uh, if let's let's pretend it was Idaho or uh, Illinois or something, I and I I'm driving through and I've got an IUD and I get pulled over by the cops. I don't know. It's like one of those skin ones. They can see it in my arm. Like, am I in trouble? Is this a no. case by case basis? How could this? Yeah. If I already have one, do they kick me out? Okay. First of all, your a subcutaneous implant is not an IUD. An IUD is something only a woman can get in her uterus, which uh, prevents the eggs from implanting. What's the subcutaneous uh, birth control thing? Is that just slowly release hormones? Yeah, that's just hormones. Well, there's there's a word for it then. Uh, yeah, the IUD makes the makes the the womb uninhabitable, right? Like it's copper and it's bad for cells, and like it basically kills them, right? I don't actually know exactly how it works. I believe the old ones at least were copper, and that's copper is good at cleaning stuff that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm assuming that's how it worked. But um, all right, but so I've got, I've got a whole answer. The answer is no. You're not in trouble. Um, you'd be in trouble if you had if you were a woman and you had an IUD and you had had sex like the night before, and your IUD prevented the egg from implanting as you were driving through. No, I don't know how they'd prove that, but science is magic. They might find a way. Um, oh, but basically so all weird. these bills did was amend the homicide law. So it says like, it's illegal to kill a person. And also now this uh, fertilized egg counts as a person. So if you somehow killed the fertilized egg in the state, then you'd be in trouble. Man. Which also means that all miscarriages would have to start being investigated for possible negligent homicide. Yes. Did, and that did the mom definitely, take enough vitamins? And that already happens. Great, great um, times. People, people in, in Texas and I think other states too have been arrested for having miscarriages um, on sus- because they're suspected to be intentional. Jesus. Is this like the most bullshit, like dark ages stuff you can imagine? Yes. This does not feel like the age of electric cars and spaceships. Yeah. And even worse... 
is you know that that Texas bill that that had the private bounties um it it purports to criminalize going and getting an abortion in another state right so and lots of other states are mimicking that language now not a lawyer but how the hell do you do that well i don't well so (laughs) on shaky grounds if you if you go by actual legal scholarship you can't okay but we live in clown world now my rough understanding of the law checks out because i'm like the whole point of like having states is that the laws over here don't apply over there. That's how Colorado right. can have so legal, legal weed. So there's something, there's something called the Dormant Commerce Clause, which is another, you know, penumbra and emanation from the Constitution. So oh we'll see if the court holds this up. But it basically says that it's the federal government's job to regulate interstate commerce. Um, so the individual states can't regulate interstate commerce. And if they try, the court says, no, you can't do that. So saying you can't leave our state to go do a, a transaction in another state or purchase a service there, um, that would be disallowed under the Interstate Commerce Clause. Um, it seems like there'd be a something- really easy way to, to circumnavigate that. Like if, if they did somehow pass that, you just say, OK, well, I went over there, got an abortion, but there was no transaction. I didn't pay for anything because you actually didn't. You know, some, no, some charity bucket no, pays for it. No, you can't get around that um, because – don't worry, the courts have thought of this. <laughs> There's a really bullshit court rule that says, okay, well, the federal government's ability to reg- regulate interstate commerce also gives them the ability to regulate anything that affects interstate commerce. Oh, yeah. So if you want to, like, grow weed in your private garden and smoke it yourself without it ever touching the chain, the, the supply chain, um, the government, the federal government's still allowed to regulate that because there's a you know interstate market for weed, and you growing it yourself means you're not buying it from someone else. That almost makes it sound like I should be allowed to grow my own vegetables. Well, the, the- government could stop you if they wanted to. That's weird. The originating law for this was a guy who was growing wheat to or corn was it to feed to his own cows, and the uh, government said that is not allowed because uh, because literally what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, that was awful. Because the government is is in charge of who gets to grow corn. God, that's so fucking weird. All right, well, I'm uh, I'm on my lunch break, and I gotta I gotta jump out. Any, <laughs> any, but you know, you guys carry on. Is there any other any other um, I don't know, important any any last bits I should hear before uh, I I jump out? So you know, I feel I, like I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss how big of clowns the Democrats are being right now. I- <laughs> they have tried to pass a law and i say tried i mean they put a half-hearted attempt into passing a law that um is basically a, does is is codifies roe versus wade that's like sets um abortion says it's legal after 24 weeks and then after that um states can pass bans but they have to have health exceptions and health is defined broadly enough to include mental health um so basically a thing that had no chance of passing at all, and it actually failed. Uh, 51 senators voted against it, so including Joe Manchin. Um, if they weren't being such clowns, they would introduce an actual compromise bill that said, okay, no abortions. Uh, uh, abortions are legal after, you know, before 12 weeks um, or before 15 weeks. It's something that people, you know, is, is broadly popular that Republicans might actually support. And the first one said that you could have a mental health exception? Yeah. So if uh, like, yeah. So if I would like, if being pregnant would be bad for your mental health, which it is for everyone all the time. Yep. 
um, then you can get an abortion. So it basically just said, okay, abortions whenever on demand. Yeah, real quick, like, Stephen. I think should be the rule, but it's not going to pass the same. Yeah, I was going to say that that, that that makes sense, but that sounds like a step two. You know, step one would just be like, no, bare minimum twelve weeks. Like you're right. Like make start with a more attainable goal and then move yeah. forward. Yeah, that that sounds like that would have been a much more sensible strategy. Stephen, based off your question as to what happens when you're driving through a state that has these sorts of laws, or if someone leaves a state to go get an abortion, I think I've kind of got more of an idea of why maybe the federal government should get involved in this, uh, with the idea being that if this could be something that divides states so badly that they start going into some sort of a, you know, civil war uh stances over it and uh that would be bad in general and the federal government is there in large part to make sure we don't have civil wars so uh maybe they should get involved to stop that sort of thing going down if only Mm. we had a functional federal government i feel like yeah i I hear you coming from and i feel like maybe the 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 like the wall for like the point for the, the the jumping point for that should be like if someone loads a gun but like you know if i move to texas because they've got better tax rates for being rich or whatever like and I move out of California, that's also like stirring civil war, right? Like, sure, no one's dead because there's no abortion involved or whatever. But like, it, I, that sounds like a really uh, a slippery position to take, right? I mean, I think one of the big problems is that there's a lot of red states with blue enclaves and a lot of blue states with red regions. Like, if they, if in Texas, Austin could carve out their own little area that said, yes, you can get abortions in Austin, it's fine here, then I don't think there'd be nearly as much trouble in Texas. But Obviously, that'll never happen. Hmm. If only we could just choose which state's laws we wanted to follow. <laughs> you know, I, I was... Okay, this the sort of the elephant in the room-ish thing, like more of a real one. The uh, There was a time when states differed so strongly on a moral issue that they did go to war over it, and that was slavery. Um, how How important is this compared to slavery? Because I think abortion rights are incredibly important, but probably not nearly... As much so as, you know, enslaving another human and treating them as chattel. Um, it would be as important as slavery if slavery only lasted six months. It's fair. Yeah, I'm not going to pick up a gun to go fight the states that are anti-abortion. Um, there might be people that would pick up a gun to fight the states that are pro-abortion, though. I know. And, and in that case, we should pick up guns and fight them off. I, I think I just like the idea of hunkering down and, you know closing my door so i don't have to draw my weapon but well uh, speaking as a divorce mediator in that case i think we should all just sit down and negotiate an amicable breakup and charge you know there comes there and comes a point charge where bucks an hour to help negotiate that oh i'll charge I mean, way the, more than that if it's the whole country come good on point. The, the problem with that is there comes a point where you can't negotiate an amicable breakup you cannot have even a different nation on your border that has slavery because it's so morally abhorrent to you you're like no fuck it we're gonna go over there and we're gonna put a stop to this atrocity and maybe abortion is along those same lines like maybe we really should enforce that right with force so Ineash, i um i hate to have to be the one to tell you this okay but there are a lot of other countries and uh, a lot of them have some uh seriously oppressive laws what, For those it? listening, tune into the next Mind Killer, where we discuss uh, Afghanistan going back to requiring women to wear burqas all the time. Hmm. Wasn't I the person that started out this podcast saying saying that? I somehow seem to have switched positions over the last hour. <laughs> I'll have to give it a listen and find out. I got. I think I'm just getting more emotionally charged the more I think about this. Yes. I think that's well, totally reasonable. This is a uh, this is absurd. I like I said, it doesn't feel like real life. It feels like a poorly written TV series. You know, again, this doesn't feel like modern times, but 
yeah, on that weak note, I'm going to peter out and jump off. Wes, thanks again for joining us. Um, no problem. Look forward to talking to, you, talking to you again sometime. All right. Catch you later. See ya. See ya. Man, Steve, he took a long lunch break. What a guy. Yeah, he's he's a champion, man. Hero of the people. <laughs> Where were we? Was there more about this? Um, I just think that, you know, I'm... I feel like I'm sort of betraying my roots here as a pragmatist where I'm like, sure, it would be great if everyone was allowed to get abortions whenever they wanted. Uh, And I do think it's sort of it's a it's a huge deal uh, and that we shouldn't you know, we shouldn't be glib about it. But at the same time, it is an issue that is extremely divisive. And it's not the kind of thing that I think we can have a national solution to. And I favor federalism in a lot of areas, specifically because it's impossible to get too many people to agree about anything. And I I guess I was betraying my idealist roots because I agree with you when I sit down and I think about it. I'm like, yes, that is the only solution that really makes sense, given the reality of the world. Look, if it, it, I, I don't know, like Roe v. Wade... On balance, I actually, I'm actually, I'm not glad at all it's overturned. I I wish it would still stay, even if it did kind of, you know, act as a dam holding back a lot of this shitty stuff and sort of stir the pot and make it so we can't come up with a a compromise. Um, Because I think it is an important enough right that it's worth um, angering the other side enough so they, you know, vote in shitty politicians and do a bunch of mischief every now and then. Yeah. The thing is, I used to be a single issue voter and my single issue was, you know, women's rights and abortion and stuff. And now I now have to be a two issue voter and that makes everything much harder for me. And I end up having to vote libertarian. And that means that my vote doesn't fucking matter. Just vote for who I tell you to vote for. It's fine. Wes, I'll, I'll do no. all the work for you. I, I don't trust you that much. Well, you should. I Perhaps I should. I always vote for the right candidate. Oh, who did you vote for last time? Biden. Yeah, no, see, I can't trust you. Because his running mate was Kamala Harris. And I made a vow never to vote for Kamala Harris. Right, but that's why you should let me make your decisions for you. Because then you won't end up doing dumb stuff like that. I stand by that decision. It was a good one. (laughs) I mean, look, Kamala Harris is terrible. But the place to vote against her is in the primary. I Uh, did that too. Yeah. Once you get get to the general election, you got two choices. You got to pick the lesser evil. You, you have you three your... choices. No, you have two choices. You have a minimum of three choices, because even if there were only two people on the ballot, you have a third choice to not vote at all. I mean, yeah, sure, you personally, but the country has two choices. We're going to vote in one of these guys. Hmm. Voting's a symbolic act anyway. Your vote's not going to actually matter ever, so do what you want with it. <laughs> Collectively, we should be voting for the lesser of two evils and voting our ideals in the primary. How about we vote for the, you know, actual good option and not just an evil option that isn't as evil as the other option? Yes. Do that in the primary. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we are getting sidetracked from the abortion <laughs> thing. Uh, so when is this coming down? Probably in July? June, July? Is June, when I think, is when the, the term is over. So they always announce they always announce the big decisions last because they're cowards. Yes. Uh, so it'll probably be next month sometime. Okay. I guess we should say this again right here, but uh, you can get uh, abortifacants cheaply and easily on the internet. Uh, There are links in the show notes. Uh, Wes, do you still have that thing you wrote down from the... There's a Twitter thread that basically says, you know, how you can get uh, abortion drugs. Um, You can even be like the conservatives and take horse pills. Yes, make your own. Might be illegal because of what we were talking about earlier. 
obviously, but who, um, who gives a damn? <laughs> I you personally know? am not uh, encouraging anyone to break the law. Uh, oh, might disagree. Bleh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, so don't break the law. So if it's not legal in your state, don't go buy abortion drugs from the vet store. The show notes showing you how to do this are only for people in states where this is completely legal. And uh, if you live in one of the states where it's not, you should not click on those links. Exactly. Okay, great. We didn't do less wrong posts. And it's because oh, you want to do less you... wrong posts? Well, I'm just laughing at you because. Okay, why is that? Because years ago, you guys switched mm-hmm. the less wrong post to the beginning because you were like, sometimes we get carried away with our topic and then don't get to the less wrong posts. So we're mm. going to put them in the beginning to make sure we get to them. And then a couple <laughs> weeks ago, you guys were like, um, why, are they, why do we do them at the beginning? Let's just do them at the end. Yeah. And I was like, the hubris, the hubris. And here we are, aren't we? Hey, hey, I, I can still do them with you if you can do them with me. Yeah, all right. We can do them quick. All right, cool. So our less wrong posts for this week, uh, the first one is Guardians of the Truth. Uh, Eliezer starts out saying that criticism is sometimes levied against, leveled against rationalists because the, the rationalists are trying to find the truth and they say the Inquisition thought they had the truth. Clearly this truth business is dangerous. And uh, he starts out by saying, first of all, if you think that possessing the truth would license you to torture and kill, you're making a mistake that has nothing to do with epistemology. But his main point is that the Inquisitors were not truth seekers, they were truth guardians. Uh, do you, did you have a feeling for what the difference was when you first started reading this? Uh, yeah. Truth guardians, uh, think they already have the truth and, uh, want to defend it from the, the evil people that think they think it's different. Yeah. Oh, that's very well put. Yeah. And truth seekers are looking for it. And, yeah. truth uh, truth seekers he... think the truth is out there, man. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and he, Eliezer puts it in very eloquent terms. He says, uh, scientists don't torture, torture people who question atomic theory of chemistry because, you know, why? It, it, uh, if if uh, they, they think they're still discovering new things and they are seeking new truths. They are not a culture that sees life as like trending downward inexorably from the, the great peaks that we had in the past. Uh, usually, you know. They're not trying to boom. make America great again, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. They're not trying to make America great again. They're not trying to return us to a state of grace before the fall. Uh, they, they're they looking towards better, newer heights in the future. Unlike Eniash, who's always talking about how things used to be better. Okay, so objectively, the 90s were the best decade in the <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I, so like, I took the point of this post. It's like, yeah, you should... Um, you know, you should be looking forward. Keep moving forward. All, all great. Um, yeah. But also, it's like, it comes really close to saying, like, liberals are good and conservatives are bad. I don't know. I don't think, does it? Well, it he, does. Says, he says if there's a way to pump against entropy and generate new true beliefs along with some waste heat, then uh, that, that same pump can keep the truth alive without a secret police. Uh, you don't need to resort to violence. But if there's no way to get new truth, then... Uh, all you can ever do is destroy any untruth because uh, once a little bit of truth is lost, you can never regain it, right? Okay, here's a quote. I'm not sure that's a conservative thing. Here's a, here's a quote. Okay. I mean to point out a deep psychological difference between seeing your grand cause in life as protecting, guarding, preserving versus discovering, creating, improving. Does the up direction of time point to the past or the future? It's a distinction that shades everything, cast tendrils everywhere. Uh, you're telling me that's not describing liberals and conservatives? That's the whole well, thing about conservatives is they're like, oh, we want to conserve what's here. But I mean, liberals don't even call themselves liberals anymore. They call themselves progressives because they're trying to progress things. That's like the exact political distinction. Sure. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I can see how that might look like a political thing. Yeah. And he's right. Conservatives are bad. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, I, there's a lot to be said for protecting and defending. Like, you couldn't go out there and seek new truths if there wasn't someone protecting stuff back at home because yeah, and there's a whole this. there's a whole rationalist thing about you know shelling fences and whatnot, and, and you know having something to defend. It is also one of his major posts from the from the future, which we haven't gotten to yet. Which uh, is basically if you need a everyone needs a reason in life, and that reason is having something to defend to protect and. uh here he seems to be seeing the exact oh, opposite. Man. So I is think that you're why all those HBMO it. chapters are named that. Yes, uh, you never read the something to protect. Post? No, I did, but come oh. on. there's a thousand of these things. I don't remember the title of every one. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, it's certainly not. You know, it's more it's nuanced, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I just you know I it struck me reading it that it was I was like this sounds very political. This is basically saying, like, uh, the red team is bad and the blue team is better, which I don't think was the intended message. I don't think it was either, because he also, like, at the bottom says, if major shakeups don't arrive often enough to regularly promote young scientists based on merit rather than conformity, the field stops resisting the standard degeneration into authority. When there's not many discoveries being made, there's nothing left to do all day but witch hunt the heretics, which, you know seems to describe a lot of um, schools and universities right now where there just isn't new discoveries being made. And so things are reverting back to conformity and witch hunting heretics. Well, yeah, but this was written in 2007. Which was close enough to the 90s that it was still pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come on. Everybody's witch hunting the heretics these days. Nobody's doing anything useful. Mm, Yeah. Except the rationalists. And, you know, Elon Musk. He's basically a rationalist. If we define rationalist as everybody good. No, you're right. That's a good point. Man, <laughs> we are the future of humanity, and it feels pretty awesome. Yeah. That outgroup really sucks, you know? Yeah. Damn outgroup. All right, what's the next one? The next one is Guardians of the Gene Pool. Oh, this uh, is which, really short. Super short. Basically saying that uh, the the Nazis were not trying to create a master race. Uh, it's weird that people believe that. The Nazis believed the same thing as the Inquisition, that there was a, uh, the past was the good time, that there was Aryan supermen that previously existed, and they had been polluted by mingling with impure races, and there had been a racial fall from grace. Yeah, so, they thought uh, the, yeah. Uh, you know, the pure blood wizards diluted their blood with muggles and squibs. Literally that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, is, he, it is a good post. I like it because it's like, man, you have to like, not, you, you probably don't suck enough to actually like, understand this what they thought you mm-hmm. probably think they, they thought something better mm-hmm. uh but they didn't they actually thought that there used to be a master race and we somehow bred ourselves out of it that, that would be and, terrible if true but you know but also such a dumb idea yes exactly uh he he ends it with the communists were the defective transhumanists due to the uh, new soviet man idea and all that the nazis were the bioconservatives all right, so we can uh, so eugenics isn't a Nazi thing anymore. So we can we can go back to to you know talking about it. I, we've been talking about it in the rationalist sphere for a long time. It's a oh, good yeah. thing. Yeah, and nobody else reads this. Oh well. <laughs> right, how do you yeah. end the show? I end the show by saying two things. First of all, uh, the next two less wrong posts uh, we read are going to be Guardians of Ayn Rand and the Litany Against Gurus. 
And also, we need to thank a patron for supporting us. Uh, this week, we are thanking Michael K. Uh, whose, name, whose name sounds very much like my cocaine. Also, but, Michael Kane. Exactly. Great actor. But he's better than both Michael Kane and my cocaine because uh, he is giving us money to produce this content and bring it to you guys. And we thank him for doing that. Michael K, you help make this possible. Thanks, Michael. I don't get to share in any of this, but you know, I thank you anyway, because I like this podcast. Yeah. Also, uh, Wes, do you have anything to promote before we let you go? Uh, no, just the Mind Killer, which Enia should be promoting all the time and doesn't. I, I mean, I do sometimes. I even have people from the Mind Killer on for an entire episode. That's true. Good, good cross promotion. All right. Well, we will see everybody in two weeks. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.